Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Those of you that are in the room, our friends listening online, and those that will listen on the radio this week, it's a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. And last week, we kicked off this sermon series from the book of Proverbs called Teaching Your Kids to win with money. Before we dive into today's message, I, I feel it's important to, to reiterate a couple of things. And one, if you missed last week, you should go to our website, fccfm.org, and check out the message. Pastor Matt did a great job setting this series up for us. And with that, one of the things he shared to intro last week's message, which is true and so important, is that our church is all about Jesus. But this topic that we're talking through in this series is important because it matters to Jesus, because our life is about stewardship, how we're handling the things that we've been trusted with, God has trusted us with, and how we steward and take care of those things affects every other part of our life. So that's why this matters. And God has trusted us with our time. He's trusted us with our relationships. He's trusted us with gifts and talents and opportunities. And yes, our resources, our money. And last week we talked about learning to work, which was about developing God-honoring work ethic. And today we're talking about living on a budget, which is an essential part of our financial health. And here's the thing, if we wanna become financially healthy, we have to live in such a way that produces that. And a budget is an important part of that. And if we want kids, our kids, or kids we get to influence to grow into financially healthy adults, we have to teach them how to live on a budget. And this is true for some of you as well, but not all of us have been modeled this well. We haven't seen great examples of this, but even if we were not taught about budgeting well, and for some of us, Maybe somebody tried to teach us this, but at the time, we didn't want to listen. We've seen the negative impact of not living on a budget. Before we jump into the book of Proverbs, I want you to try and do something if you can. You know, when there's something going on that maybe we're not as interested in or we don't care about, or maybe we don't want to do something about it at the time, we have this incredible gift as humans that God's given to us that we can listen, but not actually hear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And some of you have experienced that in your relationships, and sometimes that can even be hurtful because somebody may kind of act like they're listening to you, but they're not actually hearing the things that you're speaking into their lives. And Romans 15, 4 says this, that everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And for some, this might just feel like information, And here's the thing, information alone doesn't change anything, right? Like we're oversaturated actually in our culture with information. There are so many things fighting for our attention and telling us to do this. This is the best way. You need to do this. You need to make this decision. You need this thing in your life, blah, blah, blah. But Romans 12, 2 says this, not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? It's not just listening to information. Again, with all of the information, if we tried to just listen to all of that, nothing's still going to change. But taking information that is actually good for us and giving it application that actually brings transformation in our life. 
And here's the thing I wanna say about this and especially about this particular topic today. I'm not sharing this with a perfect track record. I was a financial mess for a really long time in my life. I moved out when I was 17 years old and I don't know how you felt about life when you were 17, but I thought I had it figured out and I was wrong. It took me a day or two of being out of my house and on my own to realize that I was wrong about a lot of things, but I had to figure out some of that stuff the hard way. And I had no clue what I was doing, especially when it came to my finances. And in so many ways, and this is true for other areas of my life too, but especially when it comes to this area of financial health, for so many different ways in my life for so long, I wasn't concerned about all the other things that were happening, except I was trying to get through and survive the moment or survive the day. And some of you are in that place right now, and I just wanna tell you that God has hope for you because Jesus, he wants so much more for us. And when I say he wants more for us, I'm not just talking about more money, I'm talking about peace, like actual peace. And here's the thing, when you take financial things and you talk about the peace of God and you put them together and you talk about having financial peace, it truly comes when you make room for God to speak into this area of your life just as much as we need God to speak into every other area of our life. So as you listen to me, I pray that you hear what God wants you to hear and not just my words, but his voice through his word and then that we would apply it. Last week we talked about learning to work hard and work healthy. And this week we're talking about living on a budget, which brings us to our big idea for today. If we want our kids to win with money, we have to show them how to live on a budget. And the way we need to show them is we ourselves need to live on a budget. And I don't know if you ever heard this, but different parts of my family and some other people outside of my family, I heard this from them sometimes. They would say things like, do as I say and not as I do. That's not very convincing, is it? If this is the right thing to do, how come you're not doing this thing? Well, Proverbs speaks a lot about winning with money and living on a budget. We're gonna dive into that this morning. Number one, to win with money, we need to be wise with what we already have. We need to be wise with what we already have. Again, this being a good steward of the money or the resources that God has trusted us with. Proverbs 30, beginning in verse eight, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. And otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. And we see that pattern all throughout the life of the children of Israel in the Old Testament where God would show up when they're in a mess and he would deliver them or provide for them and then they would very quickly forget about who God was and what he'd done for them. And we can look at them really critically, but sometimes we can be the same. For a lot of people and for a long time, myself included, I'd tell you this, that if I, would, if I just had more money, I would have less issues. How many of you know that's not true? We see news stories every single day about people that have more money and resources than a lot of us could ever imagine having access to. But the problem is, is that alone is never enough. In the mid-90s, there was a popular hip-hop artist that spoke this in a truthful way, unlike most of his musical comrades when he released the song, Mo Money, Mo Problems. And that's true. Because here's the thing, if you have issues with $10, hundreds of thousands of dollars just amplifies those issues. 
More money doesn't make things or even you better if you don't steward it well first. More money just exposes what you already are. I've heard people say this about friends of theirs or family members of theirs that came into a lot of money and they said, well, money just ruined them. No, money just exposed who they actually were. That's the thing, our character comes out in those extreme situations sometimes and it kind of reveals what's actually going on. For some of us, the thought of reducing our expenses and increasing our income seems too simple, but it still works. People who are wise with their money will find ways to reduce their expenses and increase their income. In Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 13, blessed are those who find wisdom and those who gain understanding for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. Wisdom is more profitable than silver and gold. And if you want a profitable life, be wise with what you have. We learned this last week about wisdom, that wisdom works, but it works when we work it. And we can look up to people like professional athletes and musicians and businessmen and businesswomen and fancy cars and nice clothes and big houses and previously lottery winners that came into millions of dollars and they seemed like they had it all together but every single week some of those people are filing for bankruptcy or losing it all because the truth is is that being wise with what you already have and taking care of what you already have keeps you wise when you get more. Number two, we cannot behave wisely without proper planning. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Said another way, there's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. If you wanna be wise with your money, you wanna get healthy financially, it's gonna take work, diligence, and planning. It's not just gonna happen by accident. God is a God that can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants. But here's the thing when you read through the Bible, all throughout scripture, we see God doing things with intentionality. God can take a situation that looks impossible and he can do amazing things, but he does it intentionally. It's not by happenstance. He's not caught off guard. God does things intentionally. And here's the thing also, God's plans are not always in line with our plans. You ever get frustrated by that? Come on, Jesus, get on board, man. I'm trying to tell you this is the best way. He doesn't ask for our permission, does he? Isaiah 55 speaks to that in the beginning in verse eight. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And that's why we need to trust him with those plans. Proverbs three, beginning in verse five, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We just sang a song about that. In all your ways, submit to him or acknowledge him and he will make your paths or your plans straight. God's plan will always be better than our plan because he knows us better than we know ourselves and he knows and sees what we cannot see. I have this play out every time I go to the store for two, two ways. One, I always have a plan when I go to the store to get in and out as quick as possible. Part of that is frugality, part of that is anxiety. <laughs> but the other part of that is that I'm a bad line picker. And I don't know if you have this gift, but patience being the fruit of the spirit, I have this incredible gift that I will pivot from one line to the next and that person just happens to break the machine before I get to the cashier every single time. 
So I figure if I can make up on the front end, if I'm gonna get stuck with my bad line picking in the back end, hopefully it'll balance out. If you earn more, spend less, save more, and give more, as God's wisdom says, you're going to get financially healthy. If you plan properly with your money, you're gonna get financially healthy. If you reduce expenses and increase income, you're gonna get financially healthy, which helps other areas of our life. But here's the thing. It's not just because money's just gonna fall from heaven, but because proper planning means you'll have more money as you go, more to save, more to give, more to spend if you plan. We need to be wise with what we already have and behave wisely with a proper plan because with number three, we cannot plan properly without a monthly budget. A monthly budget accurately reports our income, reports our expenses, enables us to pay down our debt, empowers us to save for the future. But here's the thing, a good monthly budget it will reveal what actually matters to us and then it will help us prioritize what matters the most. Our personal budget in our home includes tithing and giving at the top. Now here's the thing about that. It doesn't have that up there so we can seem more spiritual because only our financial planner ever actually sees that budget sheet. But the reason why is because God has been so gracious to us and we wanna make him a priority. God is good and he's good whether we're good or not. But I wanna bless him because of how good God has been to me. But here's the other part of that. I want other people to know the hope that I've experienced with Jesus and the truth is, is that takes resources. And God has called us to be a part of sharing that with the world. A monthly budget helps us know the true state of our stuff, but we don't always wanna know what that looks like, do we? We're like, no, it'll just get better. You know what I learned about that? It don't, <laughs> it don't just get better. Solomon speaks to this when he talks about the condition of our flocks in Proverbs 27, beginning in verse three, he says, be sure you know the condition of your flocks, give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed, the new growth appears and the grass from the hills is gathered in. The lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of a field. And you will have plenty of goat's milk to feed your family and to nourish your female servants. What does this mean? It doesn't mean you need to be a farmer. It means that we need to know the state of what's going on with our life which means how we're managing our things, which is where the budget comes into play, giving careful attention to the things that God has given to us, the things that God has trusted us with. Because the thing is, is that life is going to be hard sometimes. And when it gets there, if we have enough because we've planned for it, it can help sustain us. But without proper planning, that goes away. And you know what I've learned about opportunity? And this is whether it's opportunity through a really, really amazing opportunity or a really, really hard thing. When opportunity presents itself, it's too late to plan for it. Whether that's an opportunity to be generous or an opportunity to go through something difficult and be ready to be able to handle that and navigate that during a particular season. You can't plan for that in the moment. You have to plan for it ahead of time. And we can't do that without a budget. Number four, we cannot live on a budget without working together. Unity is so important to God. We see that. Jesus has even taught us that, that God's, one of God's goals for us is for us to dwell in unity as brothers and sisters. And why? Because we can accomplish so much more 
when we're in unity with others and in unity with the Lord. Budgeting requires every member of our family to work together. Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for a lack of counselors, but with many advisors, they succeed. Husbands, you can't live on a, a budget if your wife's not a part of the process and just spending like crazy. She needs to be a part of that with you. But the reverse is true. Wives, you cannot live on a budget if your husband's not a part of the process and he's just spending like crazy. He needs to be a part of it with you. And I share this with couples all the time when I do pre-marriage biblical counseling before they get married. And this is not just true about financial health. This is true about every other area in our relationships. But I talk about this thing and I, and I say, I would, I, I would choose direction over depth. I'll take direction over depth any day of the week. And what I mean by that is that we're always coming from different places, right? And somebody may have more wisdom in this particular area or more experience in this particular area where we may be at different starting points. But as long as we're headed in the same direction and we're in agreement with the direction that we're heading in and we're willing to be committed to that, we'll both eventually get there. Our families can get there. I'll take direction over depth. But here's the thing, if you're single or you're widowed, I wanna encourage you to invite a close friend to be able to have this conversation with. And here's the thing, and this is true even with your, if you're working with a spouse, sometimes there can be shame wrapped around this. Because again, the way that we spend our money is actually a true condition of the things that matter to us. And when we see where things are and we take the condition of our flocks, as Solomon said, and actually identify that sometimes there can be shame because we haven't, handled that well or managed that well. But here's the thing. There are people sitting next to you on your pew that you don't know their story, but they may have been right where you're at right now. And some of you have made some poor decisions to find yourself in places that you've been over the course of your life. And there are people sitting on your pew that are in the same place or have been in the same place and can be helpful or that you can be an encouragement and helpful too. But unless we have those conversations. It always blows me away when I talk about people in your pew. You guys do a really good job of not looking next to you. Good job. Because you're like, yeah, I know it's her. It's definitely that guy. There's no doubt. Man, you can, you can read books about this. You can listen to podcasts about it. You can join small groups or start a small group where you're working through a book or a financial curriculum because this really matters. God never intended for us to do life alone. We cannot live on a budget without working together. And it's even better if we include our kids because when you budget with your kids, you can try to help them understand when you have to say no sometimes, but it also prepares them for their financial future. And it's been more than one occasion when I've heard the kid in our house say, uh, when we say, hey, no, we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. We're not, we're not gonna be able to do that today or whatever down the road where I'll say, can you just stick the card in the machine? That's a great segue for number five. We cannot live on a budget without self-control. No, you cannot just stick the card in the machine. No, you can't just stick the card in there unless there's money on the other end of that card. And here's the thing, this message is not about uh, credit card usage, this is about budgeting, but regardless of what that card is that you're using, if your budget doesn't include a plan for money to be on the other side of that, it's gonna be tough. I can tell you this from personal experience, there's been times where I feel like, man, I deserve this. We're gonna go have this really nice, expensive dinner, even though we don't have the money for this really nice, expensive dinner. And there's been times where 
I've paid for a really nice expensive dinner and 20 minutes after you walk out of the restaurant, have you ever realized it doesn't taste good anymore? But how many, well, you don't have to raise your hands. I'll say I've done this before where I've paid for that stupid dinner for years, hundreds of dollars of interest to enjoy it in the moment. And because I wasn't willing to say no for now, it cost me. That's the thing. There are costs that come with these things. That's why we need to know the condition of our flocks. We don't want to, but why? Because sometimes it causes anxiety within us. Man, I don't wanna have to deal with this thing. But here's the thing, in every area of our life, when there are things that need to be dealt with, when you don't deal with them, they get worse. They don't get better. And when things blow up, it's a lot more expensive than if you would have just dealt with it back there. Here's the other thing, we don't like to tell ourselves no. As much as we don't like to hear no, we, won't, we don't have to tell ourselves no. And sometimes it's like, hey, we worked hard, we earned it, we're entitled to it. But you know what? God wants so much more for you than just to be, be entitled to something. There's the decision cost. And here's the thing, sometimes it costs us way more than we ever realized in the moment. If we're gonna be healthy financially, we have to learn the art of telling ourselves no. The art of self-control. Man, this is hard we want our bodies to be healthy, we gotta say no to some things, including sugar. This is a massive area of struggle for me. In fact, I wear it. If we want our souls to be healthy, we gotta say no to sin. And if we want our finances to be healthy, we gotta say no to overspending. And this requires self-control. And it's a part of the thing that God has for us. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Proverbs 25, verse 27, it's not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable to search out matters that are too deep. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. If you're gonna live on a budget, you have to exercise this. And we need to be wise with what we already have and behave wisely with a proper plan. That includes a monthly budget working together and exercising self-control. Which brings us to our takeaway for today. If we want our kids to win with money, we have to show them how to live on a budget. So start today. Start today and pray and ask for God to lead you. And here's the thing. This is true of our faith journey too, just as much as it's true of our money. You don't have to have this thing all figured out to start because God meets us there. A simple way is just to write down your income and write down and track your expenses for a month and then prioritize them with the important things in mind first. Well, I couldn't pay this. Well, why not? I had no idea that Starbucks was my best friend. And for us, that starts with, and this is kind of how we have things laid out, our giving, food, shelter, utilities, transportation, savings, and then everything else. I wanna encourage you to have a family meeting or grab a cup of coffee with a friend. I know I just said Starbucks has your money, but if Starbucks will help you budget, then do that too. But here's the thing, some of you have never done this. Some of you have never had a conversation where you started to dream out loud about what you wanna see and do. And you're so caught up in just trying to get through and survive the day. But God has so much more. And if you will start to dream out loud instead of just confess all the stuff that's in the moment that can't keep you from getting to those things. You're like, I'm never gonna get there. I'm never gonna get to experience that. I'd love to go there, but that's never gonna happen. Stop speaking that over your life. Say, so you know what, I wanna be able to do this, so what do I have to do 
to get there and then include that in your budget. Maybe you wanna start a business. Maybe you wanna go somewhere or experience something. Maybe you wanna be outrageously generous with your time, talent, and yes, even your money. Put it in the budget so that you have room to be able to do it. And Sometimes we don't like the word budget, and this is true for me too, because it feels restricting. But here's the thing, it depends on your perspective because a budget can actually be liberating. A budget helps you not have to worry about how you're gonna put food on the table. A budget will help you keep from having to be concerned about when you overtraft your bank accounts. Have you ever noticed that the bank's houses are much bigger than our houses? That's because they figured this thing out, right? A budget can show us what we can't spend, but it also gives us permission to spend as we put those things in place. And for some, I've had conversations with that are afraid to surrender to Jesus for the same reason, because it feels restricting. But the truth is, religion wrapped up in legalism is restricting. And wells that leave us empty are restricting. And sin that keeps us in bondage is restricting. But Jesus reminds us in John 8, 36 that he has come to set us free. And if we start handling our finances and our money in a way that God's trying to lead us, we can be free from bondage with our finances as well. And a budget is a great way to start. And whether this is true in your faith journey or when it comes to your money, Jesus is ready when you are. He'll meet you at whatever intersection you find yourself at. And the most incredible thing about that, he doesn't show up to shame you. He shows up to heal you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your love for us. <sighs> Budgeting is not a fun conversation <laughs> for most of us. But the truth is, is amazing things can come out of this because as we become better stewards of the things you've trusted us with, one, you can trust us with more. But two, we can experience the best parts of life, those areas of generosity where we can be a blessing to people in times of need because you can't give what you don't have. God, I also know there are some folks that are in this room, those that are listening right now, that find themselves hurting so bad and afraid because of the state of their flocks, the state of their financial life. God, I thank you so much that there's always a way out, that you will lead us if we will trust you. and We will start to walk through this the way that you've spoken to us through your word. God, I pray you would help those that are hurting right now. God, there may be some, Lord God, that are doing really well financially in a lot of ways, and maybe you're calling them to step up, and when it comes to generosity, to be a blessing. God, you have blessed us to be a blessing. Our life is not just about us as much as our salvation is not just about us. Our finances are not just about us. Jesus, you have been such a blessing to us. Help us to bless others. We love you, and we thank you so much that you meet us at these places. Even when the conversations are hard, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.